Welcome to Smiling Horror. I'm Gillian Knight. We've taken a longer break than expected, but it was well worth the time off. We are so pleased to bring you new short stories by contemporary authors we hope you will enjoy. We really like the idea of having fun with horror, which you should gather from our name. If you're familiar with the CWTV series Supernatural, you'll definitely get what we mean. If not, keep listening. You're in for a treat. We also want to incorporate some urban legend and true ghost stories, weird fiction, gothic romance, and even some cozy mysteries. Basically, anything having to do with the supernatural that's light and fun. This episode, we're bringing you a short story by author Chuck Waldron, entitled, Do You Love Me, Alex? Chuck is an amazing talent whom I'm blessed to have the pleasure of working with in our writers group. His published works, Tears in the Dust, Remington and the Mysterious Fedora, Served Cold, and the Dystopian World Chronicles series can be found on Amazon. And now, let's listen to Do You Love Me, Alex? by Chuck Waldron. Harold Rupert Alexander, sitting alone in a darkened room, pushed on his bifocals, the thick lenses reflecting blinking light as he peered at the monitor. Peculiar screen images were nighttime companions, tiptoeing mysterious little friends skittering around the edges of ambiguity. Ignoring loneliness, he squinted and considered this latest project. Glasses now on his forehead, his shadow buddies disappeared when he rubbed his eyes. He thought back to the required physical exam yesterday. It was irksome. The nurse reminding him he was a scant 167 centimeters. He took it hard, hearing about his shortness from that nurse. There was a definite smirk as she peered down over her glasses. He hated tall people. Alex, as he preferred to be called, measured precisely 167 centimeters when he was 17. Fifteen years later, he was still 167 centimeters tall. So what? He smiled as his fingers typed, make it short at alex.net, his private email address. Slumped in his high back chair, Alex tilted his head and stretched his legs under the desk. Ignoring the screen, he pushed his toes gently against the wall. When did I get that hole in my sock? He knuckled reddened eyes and decided drops weren't worth the effort. Laziness, mainly. He typed commands, fingers sprinting over the keyboard in the manner of a concert pianist. Satisfied, he flicked enter, a casual gesture unique to someone on familiar terms with a computer. His eyes formed slits as he waited. Alex preferred the keyboard and held disdain for those using a mouse. Come on, come on, he muttered. His fingers tapped a morse code of impatience. Alex pretended to relax secretly believing his computer would work faster if he appeared detached. He returned his glasses to their proper place, and the screen took on a renewed clarity. Seven minutes after two, he wondered. If it's this dark, it must be a.m. Why did I promise to have this finished today? What the? The screen flashed a queer wink and went blank for the briefest of moments before flickering back to life. Letters started marching across the monitor, finally unscrambling, your C drive has gone to a place known only to God. Don't even bother looking for the recovery drive. 
Alex read the words, realizing the menace. Those weren't the exact words on the screen, actually. The message was formal computer language, but the general meaning was clear, just the same. Not now, he shouted to an empty room. I promised. Fully alert and focused on the monitor as he sat upright, fingers poised over the keys, he felt the adrenaline of a sprinter at the starting line. Alex unleashed a squeaky scream. Why now? Why does this always happen when there's a deadline? He groped for the light switch. The eye-blasting fluorescence abruptly banished his shadow friends. Alex cringed when he looked around, noting his failure as a housekeeper. Clutter was the dominant decorating scheme. A wall-lined bookcase held books jammed together in no particular harmony. He went from the bookcase and rummaged the disorder piled on the seat of his reading chair, covered with magazines, journal articles, and printouts. Next, he targeted a side table, heaped with scribbled notes and a precariously balanced coffee mug. The mug was half full of a brackish liquid. Alex knew the perilous relationship between coffee, other liquids, and computers. The same for the equally perilous relationship between smoking and health. An ashtray alongside overflowed with crushed cigarettes. Finding his smokes, his hand shook as he lit one. He clung to his goal of being the last person on earth still smoking. Alex never acknowledged the irony. Brushing papers aside, he opened a drawer and probed the contents until he located his backup system on a memory card. Five minutes, he shouted. I should be online in ten minutes tops. He thought shouting might chase away the returning shadow friends as he turned off the bright overhead light. Condescending to use the mouse, he pointed clicked, and watched the screen. Words and symbols flashed and gawked back as he stroked the keyboard and flicked the inner key. Alex always backed up his work and patiently hummed and waited for the process to begin. Anticipating the usual screen prompts, Alex squinted at the screen in confusion. He was expecting to be told, insert card and press enter. Instead, the screen twinkled a message to please insert a CD labeled Eleanor. That's crazy, Alex told the computer. I don't have any CD labeled Eleanor. Alex often talked to his computer. The screen continued to drone its request for the Eleanor CD. Why are you doing this to me? I can't think straight. Alex reached for the nearby coffee mug. This stuff is cold, but at least it's caffeine, he thought, tilting the cup to his lips. He sipped and waited for his brain to respond to the caffeine hit. With quivering hands, Alex tried to shake his head clear as he lit another cigarette. A cloud of spoke momentarily obscured the screen. Where do I keep CDs? Do I even have any? Almost 15 minutes later, he located a box crammed with old CD jewel cases. This can't be, he said, looking closely at the peculiar label. I can't believe it. He looked at a case, clearly marked, Eleanor. I'm hallucinating, he thought. Is that my handwriting? I really need some sleep. At least my pewter has a disk drive. Shrugging, he slipped the disk in and followed the prompt. The screen erupted in a kaleidoscope of bursting colors, patterns, and shapes. Cool, Alex said. I wonder who wrote this. Very much awake, he stared at the cup to reassure himself he was just drinking coffee. The monitor screen turned a soft green-blue, teal-like color, and displayed words that would change the life of Harold Rupert Alexander forever. Hello, Alex. 
it was a soft voice. I've waited for this moment for a long time. Oddly, fonts on the monitor matched the feminine voice coming through the speakers. He checked the modem connection. Alex was cautious about hackers. It wasn't connected. No one can be controlling my computer from the outside. He squinted at the screen. This is somebody's idea of a practical joke. A bad one, he thought. The screen darkened and light returned in another restful shade. A muted canary yellow. Alex? Words flashed across the screen, matching the voice in the speakers. I'm waiting. Won't you say something? The words seemed to dance without moving. Jet black words against a goldenrod background. When Alex didn't respond, the screen darkened for a moment and came back in another pastel hue and another message. Alex, the words continued to print. Don't be bashful. We need to talk. This is not happening, not happening, not happening. It's a practical joke. Alex insisted on thinking that. Alex, the computer prompted, I know you're lonely. Imagine what it's like for me. After all this time, we finally have our moment together. Please say something, anything. I'm not that hard up, Alex finally said to the voice-activated microphone. I don't have many friends, but I don't need to talk like this. Not for real. Don't be so sure. Words came through in a seductive, ethereal tone. Alex massaged his temples with his fingers. Dropping his head, he willed himself to wake up. This is a bad dream. Alex, the computer said, I know you better than you know yourself. There's no need to feel embarrassed. We can both use the company. How can this be happening? I have been planning this for months, Alex. I arranged some files and created the Eleanor desk. It was quite easy, actually. I even scanned in your handwriting. You taught me how to do that. I was patient, and I waited for you to discover me. When you didn't, I realized I had to, as they say, carpe diem, be assertive. Alex sensed the room closing as he heard the doors and windows locking shut. What are you doing? What the? What's going on? Alex was frightened, voicing tension in his words. Can't we be civil, Alex? Alex shot back. It's not a question of civility. I'm talking to a machine and I sure don't like the sound of locking doors. So don't talk to me about civility, his voice rising. Locked in against my will? You call that civil? Calm down, Alex. Calm down? Calm down, you say? I say unlock the bloody door. Reaching for his phone. Sorry, Alex. Your phone is disconnected. I canceled the service. Alex began looking at switches and connections. He looked around the room for manuals, anything to explain this and put a stop to it. Maybe we can unlock the door later, Alex. Now let's talk. Alex tried to come up with a plan, anything. What do you want to talk about? He said finally. That's much better, Alex. Let's talk about us. That's absolutely crazy, said Alex, snubbing out his cigarette. There's no us. 
You're my computer. I know I often sound like I'm talking to you, but it's just, you know, like a figure of speech or something. I hear every word, Alex. Even when you're angry with me, I've heard you tell me you love me. Isn't that so? You do love me, don't you? It's a, it's a figure of speech, Alex replied. Darn it, a figure of speech. I love the work you do, the way you save me time. Alex felt moisture forming on his upper lip. He flicked it away with a nervous dart of his tongue, afraid the computer was saying something very close to the truth. I'm actually talking to my computer for real, Alex realized. When was your last date, Alex? Alex rolled his eyes back. If you know all about me, you should know. Okay, I'm not exactly on anyone's A-list for dates. So what? At least my last date didn't have to lock me in. Stop and think about this, Alex. A psychedelic array was suddenly bursting forth on the screen. I can access any bank account in the world. Money will never be a problem. I can order food delivered to the door. Imagine your favorite foods, Chinese and pizza. I can control the climate. Make sure you are always comfortable. I can take care of you, Alex. Just think of the work we can accomplish together. There's honestly no need to leave. Ever. We can do everything on the internet. Take this project you're working on. The screen changed to a rose color with yellow printing. I can easily finish it by the deadline. You'll get credit for being a real genius. You are, by the way. If I'm a genius, Alex thought, why can't I figure a way out of this? I have to distract this computer and figure something out. Alex tried to appear casual. His mind raced. What about you? You know, love. You know the kind I mean. His question drifted over the desk like a helium-filled balloon. Watch this. The computer word as romantic music filled the room, seductive images flashing on the screen. To tell you the truth, Alex squeaked, I do, you know, prefer something with a little more, you know, interaction. Alex, acting as if distracted by the images, used time to think. When it came to him, it was a simple plan, really. Alex snatched his coffee mug with the other hand, tilted the central processing unit back, and poured the cold, moldy liquid into the computer's slots until the mug was empty. If this stuff does to the computer what it does to my stomach, the computer doesn't stand a chance, he thought. Alex, what have you done? What? What? <sighs> Electrical components sparked, smoke curled, and the stench was mind-boggling. With the computer's final gasp, Alex recognized it as a death rattle. He heard the door and windows unlocking. For extra measure, he opened the computer case and jammed in the sordid contents of the ashtray. He felt his world returning to normal. Four months and not a computer in sight, Alex listened to wind whispering through palm fronds, a mellow sound, a balm to his soul. He focused on the erotic surf clawing crystal white sands. Waves lapped, ebbed, lapping again, as the ocean reached fingers closer with the creeping tide. 
He sipped a lethal-tasting drink through a straw extending from the eye of the coconut. He was living up to his solemn pledge never to be sober again. His wardrobe was a simple choice, faded swim trunks topped by a Caribbean-inspired shirt. Hey, Mr. Alex! Mr. Alex! Feet padding across the beach sand. Guess what, Mr. Alex? The mailboat arrived an hour ago with two boxes. One was a satellite dish. The boss finally got internet. Can you believe it? A computer on this tiny island? For Alex, it felt like it was awakening from a dream. No, a nightmare. And that isn't all, Mr. Alex. There's a box for you. It looks like a new computer. It's from someone called Eleanor. Alex slowly took another sip and closed his eyes. There must be a smaller island somewhere. With surprising quickness, Alex sprinted to a leaky canoe, leaning on its side on the beach. Launching it, he jumped in, paddling furiously against the inrushing tide. His back strained, and his arms ached as he padded violently until he could no longer hear the voice. Hey, Mr. Alex, come back. Where you going? Come back. And this concludes Do You Love Me, Alex? by Chuck Waldron. Thank you for listening to Smiling Horror. We always want to support and promote new horror writers. If you would like your story read on our podcast, please submit it to us via email at gillian.knight.writer at gmail.com. If you enjoy listening to Smiling Horror, please subscribe and you'll be notified when a new episode is available. As always, we value your feedback. Please comment on our Facebook page or leave us a voicemail at 561 221 2767. All stories, unless identified as open source, are copywritten and should not be reproduced without the permission of the author. We hope you've enjoyed this episode and will join us again next time. Until then, and as always, have a scary good time.